Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Thank you so much for joining Recovery Guy. Of course, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. And I, and I say that with um, great humility and expectation. Uh, one of the reasons, if you listen to me much, that I tell you I am the Recovery Guy is I would expect you to expect me to be recovered, right? As so many of you know, I've been at this over 35 years. And if you can't recover after 35 years, you're either lucky that you're even sober or alive or you're doing something right. And because I followed the pattern of all the men and women who have gone before me as the first 100 suggested in the forward to the first edition, I happen to think I'm doing a lot of things right, not because I am right, but those before me have done these things right. So today I am super excited. Could you feel my energy coming up? I have in guest studio with me, Justin B from Rico 12 Com. And at the end of this podcast, Justin is going to let you know how you can reach out to him and be a part of either as a, a listener or a contributor to his mission of helping others get and stay well. So with all that, Justin, good morning. It is so good to have you with us today. Good morning, Robert. It's so good to be here with you. I'm happy and honored to be a guest here. Well, I had met Justin Recently, I had done a little outreach in uh, now that I sort of starting to figure out the technical side of bringing people remotely onto my podcast. I'm, you know, I'm a little late to the dance, you know, oftentimes technically, Uh, but I met Justin along the way and I was actually on his show uh, almost four weeks ago and, and we became like instant friends. And so uh, I'm excited to have Justin with us today. So I want you to get a feel for who he is and what his recovery is all about. So Justin, go ahead and take the floor. Let people know who you are and um, and and what you are all about personally and in recovery. Thank you, Robert. Hey, my name is Justin and I am an addict. I am a recovering addict to lust, but most of all, I'm a son of God. Um, the, the, the identity or the label of my addiction has changed over the last eight years since I've been actively working in the rooms of recovery. Um, seven and a half years. Um, I started out saying I'm an, I'm a porn addict, uh, you know, and other, other things like that. And I've come to realize that the root of my addiction is lust. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I have learned in my life by the grace of God and the working of the steps of with a sponsor, sponsoring others, and the fellowships that I belong to, I am beyond grateful to be sober one day at a time since June 19th, 2015. Um, so that's a little bit of my addiction um, label, I guess, my addiction experience. Um, I am one who has always wanted to portray an image of, you know, perfection. I grew up in a very religious household in a very image centric household where um, I was encouraged, whether overtly or covertly that I needed to look and act 
perfect and I needed to be perfect. And at a very young age, I realized that I was not perfect. And I realized that I would not live up to the image that I was told I needed to portray. And I felt other than I felt lost. I felt hypocritical at six years old, as early as six years old, I felt like, no, this isn't working. Um, and I still tried to, but I still knew I had to convey that image to others because that's what I was told I needed to do. And, uh, and it, you know, as with pretty much every addiction as I've come to learn, um, that feeling of other, that feeling of, of, um, not, measuring up to whatever expectations others have, have, have of me or that I have of myself um, is just a, an open invitation for whatever addictive um, substance or behavior or whatever to just grab, jump in and grab me and take me wherever it wants to go. So that's a little bit of my background there. You know, it's thank you for, for, for sharing that in that openness and honesty. You know, as as you're as you're sharing, I'm so reminded, you know, because as you tell your story, you're telling my story. And 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 I often say, and matter of fact, I I just wrote a uh, a 2500 at the at the request of uh, Jonathan, uh, a, a 2500 article word article for Reddit for my 35 year recovery. And part of it. I tell in my story where I was five and six years old, right where you identified and, and I was hurting and I didn't know why it hurt being me, but yet I hurt. I, I didn't have the, the mental processes or the psychological understanding as we do now um, and understanding the various dynamics. But it's like the difference between you and me is you migrated toward lust where my primary uh, uh, motivation or direction was alcohol and subsequently drugs. Lust would be added later, right? When I became addicted to pornography, but the, the similarities are unbelievable, aren't they? Absolutely. And that's something that I've learned in the last couple of years is how similar, well, every addiction that I've um, discussed with people who, who are firsthanded, they are in the firsthand um, experience of those addictions, that the core of it just seems to be so similar. And that's one of the motivations for what I, I do in my life right now in recovery is, is that very thing. You know, with, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about before we became, you know, got online and recording was that that Mr. Toad's wild ride, as I call it, you know, so I'm hoping that newcomers, you know, everyone with an all range of recovery, you know, listen to, to what we try to do because we, we try to have a solution that, um, you know, is like pablum for the newcomer or the infant in recovery, but enough meat on the bone for those of us who have been around for a while. Right. And, and that's not always an easy thing mix to do, but we, we try to do that. Uh, we don't want to be over the head of someone new nor boring to the person who has been at it for a number of years. So if you were to just give a, a 60 second message to the person who was new listening today, regardless of their addiction, because I think we've identified that it really doesn't matter. The matter, what matters is not how you got broken, but that you're broken, Right. What would you say to them who are just coming in and wondering if they can do this? 
Yeah, and and before I get into that, Robert, happy birthday! I'm, oh, I'm thanks, happy man. for you on that 35 years. Um, but uh, what 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 I say to the newcomer is that they aren't alone. You are not alone. There are others. No matter how different you feel, no matter how much outside the circle of norm that you feel, you are not alone. And as you look to others who walk that path and have walked that path and continue to walk that path and grab hold of the, their coat, grab hold of my coattails, man, grab hold of Robert's coattails and um, follow along this path. It, there is hope. And the light at the end of the tunnel is not an oncoming train. It is the light of the, of, of the spirit of God beckoning and inviting you and me and all to come to him and be embraced. You know, thank you. And I, and I think that's great encouragement to all of us, but especially the newcomer, cause we're not alone, you know, and, and uh, I think, you know, the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous is Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share. And I tell people, Justin, that I, if that was the only thing I ever heard, I would have stayed because I was so lonely. When I, when I talk about my loneliness, sometimes I, I'll never forget. It's like, we don't regret the past, nor do we wish to shut the door on it. And I will never on purpose. I never want to forget the emotion of being so alone that, that if you knew about me, you wouldn't want me. And I was so discouraged and my, my self-worth was below zero and to come in and just know that I'm not going to be judged and, and you're going to embrace me. And no matter what I say about my story, you're going to say, it's okay, man, you're finally home. Re remember that feeling you had, Justin, when, when that came to your realization and I see, I, I, I can, I can just see you smiling because we're on zoom, but we'll record the audio. So I see this smile of contentment Tell me about that. Yeah. So the first meeting I ever went into, I had been battling. I'd realized that I had a problem for decades, but I knew I had to fix it myself. I, that's what I knew in my own heart and mind. I had to do it, take care of it myself. And I finally got to the point where I realized I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had heard about these um, addiction recovery meetings and then that uh, you could go and get help there, you know? And I remember walking into my first meeting and this would have been in about September of 2013. So about seven and yeah, seven and a half years ago. And, uh, and I did not want to be there. I was so embarrassed. I went to a place as far, several miles from my home, even though I passed, you know, several meetings between my home and that place, just hoping that I wouldn't see somebody that I knew. And I went in and I sat in the back of the circle in a corner, hoping not to be seen and just kind of kept my eyes on the, uh, on the floor in front of me. And, uh, and as you know, we went around the room, I just said, Hey, I'm Justin, I'll pass. I didn't, I didn't want to participate. I wanted to mm -hmm. get out of there as quick as possible. As, as soon as the meeting was over. So you didn't even identify. No, at that first meeting, absolutely not. I was way too uh, ashamed, even mm -hmm. though there were others that were identifying. And I was, I was jealous. I was jealous that they had the courage to do that. Interesting. Um, and as soon as the meeting was over, I jumped up and I was rocketing out the door. And uh, one of my heroes in recovery, um, his name is Benjamin. And uh, 
he uh, jumped up and he ran after me. He grabbed me. He goes, Justin, you are in the right place. I will see you next week. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, uh, no, you won't. I'm not coming back. <laughs> but because I'm such a duty bound person, <laughs> when he said, I will see you here next week, that just kind of weighed on me all week. And I came back yeah. and within a couple of weeks for the first time, I said, Hey, I'm Justin. And I'm, 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 I think I'm an addict. And when I said that, this weight came off my shoulders. Yeah. And a couple of weeks later, it came around to my turn. Hey, I'm Justin, and I am a big fat liar. And another weight came off my shoulders. Wow. And just it, things started to steamroll. And the same Benjamin came up to me at that point and he goes, Hey, Justin, you're ready to start working the steps. Here's how you do it. Wow. And, uh, and that was, that was my introduction to things. And, and, um, it was, and I still look back at it very fondly as painful and as scary as it was to walk through those doors the first time. That was the most important step I have taken in my whole life. You know, you bring up something so important. Um, and, and then I want to get back to something else you had previously shared <clears throat> to draw distinction and give people freedom. Um, but that, that first admitting, right? Because it is said, we have to admit complete defeat, you know, and who likes to do that? Practically no one. But how important was it to you, Justin, to, to admit that? And you say the weight came off of you. Describe the, the, as the weight released, I'm sure your freedom um, elevated as well, didn't it? Your freedom to share other things. Yeah, I think it caught it, it. I caught a glimpse of that freedom. I still was burdened with um, the idea that I still had to do this myself. That I was just gaining some tools that would help me do this myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for a few months that I finally recognized I really am powerless. My life really has become unmanageable. But um, you know, as I grasped those those ideas and um, took hold of them. Uh, that freedom, like you said, was and is, um, well, it brings me peace in my everyday life where I lived in chaos, in self-loathing, in fear all the time. I now enjoy the happy, joyous, and free just about every day of my life. And when I'm feeling the restlessness and irritability and discontentedness, um, I can very quickly, typically recognize it and go, Whoa, where's my piece? What mm -hmm. do I need to do? And take that self inventory, do a step 10, um, right away and bring that piece back almost always very quickly. So now, liberation. so, so there, so there was a time between when, you know, while you were going, you said two or three months down the road, was it just a camaraderie that you were lacking? Was it the honesty that you were hearing? What was it? Because obviously some of the things, sometimes I'll tell a newcomer is all you have to do today is not engage in your addiction or behavior and come back. That's the only thing that's really re required. You know, everything else you'll get as you go, right? Just that understanding how powerless you are how unmanageable your life has become and come back. If you do that in a 24 hour window, you are successful. Forget about everything else. Would you, would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I think so. I think one of the struggles I had or why it took a few months and really in the big picture, a few years to step from abstinence and sobriety into recovery, really probably Great five distinction, years. by the me. way. Yeah, really probably more than five years before I realized that was because um, I was still very checklist motivated. I was mm-hmm. still doing things by the letter of the law, as I, as I put it, rather than the spirit of the law. Um, and, and in many of the meetings and fellowships that I would attend, most people, while they said the right thing, still seemed to be struggling a lot and not finding much abstinence or sobriety. And very few people were in recovery. And so the models that I had, while good, amazing people, um, there weren't a lot of people that I had who were living in recovery and healing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it took me a while to really grab hold of that. Even though I was staying sober, it was, it wasn't white knuckle sober. It was checklist sober. Abstinence, okay. I think is white knuckle sober. That's what I yeah. call abstinence is I'm hanging on to the Clifford dear yeah. life. Um, sobriety for me is I'm checking the boxes. I'm doing the things and it works, but I'm not, I'm not converted to it. I'm just doing happy, it because joyous it and free. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm not happy, joyous and free. Thank you. I'm still, I'm, it's working and life yeah. is okay. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, because, you know, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. And I actually, I'm going to get back to the point I want to bring up and hear your clarification of it. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, one of the greatest talks on addiction and recovery I've ever heard was do- by Dr. Um, uh, by, by Father Martin, not a doctor, but Father Martin. It's called Chalk Talk and anyone can find it on, on Google. Just, just Father Martin Chalk Talk, and it's unbelievable. And, and one of the things he talks about is, you know, there's essentially, there's no one really more dangerous than a person with a little physical sobriety. Because I think what happens is when I get a little dry or a little well, or, or, or I put together some consecutive days without throwing up or overeating or going to the strip joint or watching that porn site or drinking or using or, or whatever I'm doing or all of the above, right? For some of us, um, I, I, I almost become a little um, um, lazy. And I think, well, the wife has let me back in the bed. I got a key to the house again. The boss hasn't fired me and has stopped threatening right? All the other things are coming back in our life. My finances are getting under control because I went to Gamblers Anonymous before I ever went to Alcoholics Anonymous, as you know. And so these pieces start to come back together and it's like, why do I need to do more? I'm fine right here. But one of the things that Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous said, we feel a man on thinking who thinks sobriety is enough. So was there something real definitive in your life? Did you, did you just realize that if you didn't go forward, you were going to go backward? Was there something you realized you were missing that you said, I have to take this to the next level? So, so I definitely had a couple of experiences that, uh, that really awakened me to that concept. Um, and it, it'll take us a little bit of a backstory. Are you okay with a little bit of a backstory? Oh, yeah, This is you, okay. man. Yeah. So a few years ago, I, I started doing a one man short version podcast, you know, like 
10 minutes a, an episode. Um, and as I went through that, it was just a, it was called know and do. If I know something, I need to do something about it or it doesn't do me or anybody else any good. And it was just some reflections on some learnings that I had, some, some lessons that I had learned. Um, over time, it, it evolved into another idea where I talked to people about um, um, know and do projects and then about their own experiences. And in the end of 2019, I just had this overwhelming weight on me of, I need to do a 12 week series on the 12 steps of recovery. Mm. And in that process, my, my recovery network at that time was very small and very niche. I mean, it was just people of my faith with the same um, addiction okay. as mine. It was very small. And I was like, but I don't want to do that. I, I, I feel that I need to branch out. And I started reaching out to a few people that had other contacts and several of these people that I interviewed for that have just absolutely changed my life and my perception of what recovery is. Now I want to talk a little bit specifically about one of them. His name is John. He's from Boston and he, he's an alcoholic and he had 15 years sober and he was in his own words, I was out of my mind, just put a Boston accent on that. And mm -hmm. I was out of my mind, insane. He wanted to die because he suffered from untreated alcoholism is wow. what he said. You know, he was sober, he was doing meetings, but he had never found the solution, the capital S solution and um, was just insane and wanted to kill himself. And suddenly at 15 years, not suddenly, but he got a new sponsor who helped him find the solution. And that, along with several other people that I met with in different perspectives, really changed my mind from, I thought I was doing really well in sobriety. You know, here I am four and a half years sober. I've, I've got this. I've got it figured out. You know, I'm actively working the steps. I'm sponsoring others. I'm doing these things. But I saw myself in John that I was out mm -hmm. of my mind insane. I was a dry, I was a, an untreated lustaholic, an untreated sexaholic. Wow. And, uh, and so that light just flipped and I, I started seeking the capital S solution at that point. That's a that's a great story. And, and uh, kudos to Boston, John and his recovery, you know, um, there there's, we can either turn left or we can turn right. And John turned right. Because so often, you know, the alternative for people like that is to, is to relapse, you know, and, and you and I know that regardless of our addiction, either to substances or behavior, our disease is progressive, which is frightening when, when I would think about it. I don't stay clean and sober out of fear of what a relapse would be, but the reality is pretty apparent, right? that that is, is a progressive disease and and that i would i would pick up in a relatively short period of time as i understand it i would pick up in a relatively short period of time where i would have been had i not stopped back in 1986 mm -hmm. and you can imagine all the alcohol and the drugs that are stockpiled waiting for me that's why so often people who do relapse with considerable period of time hit that downslope so quickly. And the next thing you know is what happened to Robert? What happened to Justin? What happened to John? Oh, they died last week or they blew their brains out or 
their marriage of 30 years is finally dissolved. It's like, wow, that happened quick. What happened? Well, you know, they used, they relapsed, they went back out, you know, and, and, and man, so thank God for John, because that story is so valuable. I mean, it was so valuable to John that you learned and it, and it, and it, and it, and it challenged you to say, no, this isn't enough. If that can be John at 15 years and it's me at four and a half, something has to change. Yeah. You know, when you mention real quick, when you mention the, the ism, and this goes back to things that I learned early on, the, you know, the, the cliches that we learned, you know, by the way, they're cliches because they work. If they didn't work, they'd have been forgotten a long time ago, but that ism is the I self and me. And, and, and it says selfishness and self-centeredness. We believe this is the root of all of our problems. And, and actually, I'll transition into the other question I was going to ask you. When we come into recovery, and, and I'll tell you, my Al-Anon friends are, are very similar 12 steps. When I was involved in Reformers Unanimous, Celebrate Recovery, everybody's got similar steps, E-A, O-A, G-A, S-A, you name it, N-A. We've all got steps, and they're very, very similar. You might exchange lust for alcohol or drugs, what have you, but it's all the 12 steps. It requires me to get out of me. It requires me to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as we understood him. And it also mandates as a result of those steps to go help somebody else. So everything is designed to remove the ism. And if you remove the ism, the alcohol leaves along with it mm. or the pornography or, and is that, a, is, that, is that an understanding that you have as well? Yeah, it's a different way than I've looked at it, but it makes a lot of sense. When I when I remove the ism, when I remove the the power that alcohol or lust or whatever has over me by replacing it with the capital P solution, the capital G God, the capital mm-hmm. P power, whatever it may be, um, then the lust, the alcohol, the drugs, whatever leaves with that, the, at least the compulsion towards them. Yes, yeah. I love that. So, yeah, and again, just something that I carry in my toolbox that they taught me early on. And, and, and I'm so excited. I'm, I'm going to be going to Las Vegas uh, a week from yesterday. Um, we're recording this on, on Monday, broadcast on Tuesday. So, so on May 2nd, I'm going to go to Las Vegas and go see my grandson uh, play hockey. Uh, and I got sober in Las Vegas, as so many of you know. Um, and, and I'm actually going to go to a meeting and get my 35 year chip with my friend, Scott, who's got, who just celebrated 37 years. Mm. And in that town, I mean, there's countless people, you know, I'm the baby of the group. Right. And, and I'm so glad that those people showed me and they're still teaching me and still actively involved. And, 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 and I hope Ben is still around because we have such a great pedigree of people who are still doing what they taught us to do years and decades ago, right? Yeah, that, that, that's great. And that's, that's another thing that uh, that project, that 12-step project did is it, introduced, it widened my recovery network vastly and connected me with, oh, a lustaholic with seven-year sobriety, an alcoholic with 48-year sobriety. That's uh, crazy. You know, just um, different people with long-term sobriety from different backgrounds that um, have... Um, become mentors to me. Like Robert, you have become a mentor to me and I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm loving 
drinking from the wisdom that you and others who walk this path are so willingly, willingly sharing, even after years when, when I first came into the rooms, I thought, I'll just go through these 12 steps one time and get out of here. I'll be healed at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, no, it doesn't work that way. And if I have that attitude that I'm going to overcome this, even if it takes a year or two years or three years, whatever it is. And I say, Oh, I am good. I'm well, I can yeah. walk away and never worry about this again and never have to say another word to anybody else again. That's not you know, the way it, it works. I'm, I'm so glad you, you brought that up because, you know, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says that we can become well. And one of my earliest mentors, Tom Bennett, um, he said, the challenge is, can you become weller than the well? And it's sort of early on lit that fire that says, you know, you know, they, you know, we talk about being recovered and I am, as slow will would say, a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic but I stay recovered by staying in recovery, you know? And it's that how, how well, right? I'm a little twisted in my brain, you know, like total ADD and I have to constantly reel myself in every day, you know, so I'm insane, but in, in a different way. And, but, but the reality is how well can I become? How, how recovered can I be, right? Because the more well I am, the more recovered I am, totally equips me to share a deeper and more well-balanced message to people, regardless of where they're coming from, that I meet along their way. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that uh, I'm grateful to have learned from mentors like yourself that I do not, I, I have not arrived and even at, you know, 35 years sobriety, Robert, I, I don't think you would say I have arrived. I think you would say there's more, more will be revealed, you know, more yeah. is more is down the road. And that's, that's the thing that, you know, initially that brought me a sense of hopelessness that, well, if I can't arrive at something, if I'm never going to arrive, what's the point of even starting? Man, now it yeah. just brings me excitement. You know, I'll tell you, um, at 35 plus one, it's like, okay, God, what are you going to do today that's going to blow my mind, right? And I guarantee you that slow will in Missouri, it was 41 years sobriety, he will be at a meeting tonight and he will be talking to a newcomer because that's what he does 41 years later. Buddy C in Las Vegas, who I met doing the late lunch bunch meeting at the turning point in Las Vegas, 44 plus years later, I know where to find him this afternoon. He'll be chairing the same meeting. <laughs> he was at welcoming newcomers. And it's like, okay, so is that what I got to do? I just got to keep. So I think there's a great distinction, Justin, realizing it's not a destination. And thank God it's not a destination because Justin, I never want to be done. I never want to stop feeling that acceleration of what does today have for me? Because if yesterday was good, today is going to blow my mind. Amen. And, Amen. And, and with that, we're, we're running a little low on time. Um, I want you to share with me, because I do know a little bit about your religious background. There was a person on Reddit who responded to my post, and he said, well, the 12-step program is very religious, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll label that, but it's really not religious, is it, Justin? Because if, if it was religious, I'd have never stayed, and you'd have left. Yeah. Tell me, tell let's talk about the difference as we close up today, because I think this is so vital and I want to hear your perspective. 
So another major turning point in my own recovery that happened in that same process of those, those 12, that 12 week uh, series in the podcast um, was step two. When I talked to a, an Orthodox Jew who had seven years sobriety, who talked about the concept of firing the God, his, his old God and hiring a new capital G Hmm. God. I like that. And when I first heard it, I thought, man, that is, he's going to hell. That's sacrilegious. And then as I listened more and thought about it, I thought, no, I have to fire the God of my understanding and, and hire a new capital G God who actually is strong enough to do these things. I have since um, become convinced of myself, my, my own experience. My God is not my church, is not my religion. And my religion yeah. and my church is not my God. They're separate. They are separate. Although when I go to church and worship God, I am closer to God, but my church is not my God. Recovery yeah. is not my God. My God enables my recovery, um, but uh, it is, it, it's separate. It's not religion. It's not, I don't even call it spiritual. I call it, <laughs> I say that it works. I say that my God works and, and heals me and empowers me to do things that are way beyond, way beyond anything I could have ever done before, whether in religion, whether in my life, whether in wherever it may be. You know, and, and I appreciate you saying that because again, I, I, I do know if you want to learn more about Justin, just go to his website and he's an open book there and, and uh, you can learn more about him and what he does and what motivates him. But I'm so glad I, I often tell people, I don't care who you believe in. I care that you believe. I don't care what you call your God. I just care what your God does. If your God require, allows you to be happy, joyous, and free, and relieves you from the bondage of self, man, that's all I care about. I'm, I'm good. So whether you're from the, the, the Muslim faith or, or Judeo-Christianity or Judaism or Jehovah Witness or the Buddhist network, I don't care. <laughs> I can give a rip. I just don't want you to die, right? Mm. I don't want you to lose your family. I don't want you to lose your life. I don't want to, I don't want to read about you in the obituaries because you blew your brains out, right? right so right. so the only conversation I want to have with you is if your God isn't working, let's chat about a God who can, right? Is right. that the the power of what we do? Absolutely. And 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 it's mind it's mind-blowing to me and eternity shifting for me. You know, wow, I love that eternity is shifting. Can I steal that? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as we close up today, um, I, I want to thank everyone for being on this podcast. I want to end with Justin today. So go to recoveryguy.org for podcasts and especially my blogs. Uh, you can find me on Reddit, at um, on Twitter at recoveryguy1986 recovery underscore guy on uh, Instagram. I might be more reachable than I should be, right? The only person who can reach me more than you is, is my wife, rightfully so. Uh, but if you ever need to reach out to me, my phone number is 801-995-2753. Let me know whether it's three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon, what I can do to keep you from dying, right? And to elevate you. Uh, go to your favorite podcast channel for my podcast. Uh, Justin, how do they reach you 
and 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 how can they be a part of what they do either as a listener or if they're a speaker with some sobriety regardless of their addiction how can they contact you and what would that look like yeah thank you robert uh, i i want to first express gratitude for having me on this uh having this conversation with me it's been awesome how they get a hold of me you can do it by email rico12 podcast dot uh, at gmail.com so reco12 podcast mm. I got that wrong. Rico12pod at gmail.com. Hopefully we can edit that. And if yeah, not, I'll, put, I'll, I'll okay. put that, I'll, I'll put that <laughs> in the notes. Okay. So I'll start that over. Yeah. Um, so you can reach me via email at Rico12pod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C-O-1-2-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can find my, me on my website, Rico12.com, R-E-C-O-1-2.com. You can also hear the the podcast, which is a Rico 12 speaker meeting podcast. And I'll get into that here in just a second um, by searching on any podcast platform. Mm -hmm. So what Rico 12 speaker meeting is, we're an organization whose addictions include alcohol, drugs, lust and sex, food and gambling, just to name a few. And we come together from all places, faiths, um, backgrounds to learn the similarities of addiction and to gain tools and hope from others who are walking a similar path. We invite recovering addicts with at least one year sobriety um, who are actively working their recovery in their respective fellowships to share their experience, strength, and hope on a live Zoom webinar every Friday at noon central time. And so they share for 20, 25 minutes. Then we, the live audience, get to ask questions of them for 20 to 25 minutes and uh, get to hear some of their perspectives. And, uh, and it's just a, I, I love doing it. It opens my, my eyes and mind even more to more and more similarities of addiction and, and that the solution is always within the steps and with um, the higher power of the steps. Thank you so much. Uh, I really encourage you because not only do I want you to listen to Rico 12 and what they do there, but I want you to, to get to know Justin because I'm always encouraged as a person who's been around for three and a half decades, um, I'm always looking for people that I can pass the proverbial mantle to. And I really owe it to the recovery community to invest in those individuals. And just like individuals still are investing in me today, right? Um, And so I want them to get to know you, not just on a recovery side, but a personal recovery side, because I think you you have some secrets and some truths and some understanding because of your religious path to this freedom you have now today that I, that I think can really be a great advantage to newcomers out there trying to find their way. Because sometimes I'm not relatable as much as I think in my head I am. You know, some, some newcomer might look at me and say, you've got 35 plus years, I can't even relate to you. So you're either lying or, or I can't understand you. Whereas someone who's six years or four years or seven years, you're more relatable. And so I really invite and encourage any newcomer to reach out to you to gain some of that, sometimes more fresh. One of the things I always want to do is remain relevant, right? Not only am I old in sobriety, but I'm 67 years old. And, and, I, and I always want to connect with younger people because I don't want to miss anything, but I know that I do. But if I can send them directly to you, maybe you can help them connect those dots even better than me. 
Well, I love being a resource in any way I can help. I love doing so. I, and, and I'm fairly out there in my community. Oh, you're out there, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) And I had a, a man approach me yesterday, just came up to me and said, Justin, I need some help. And he, and he's struggling with alcohol, which is not, well, I'm sure that if I took my first drink, I would be in big trouble. So I don't, but, uh, and, and, and I said, great, let's go to an AA meeting. I'm happy to go into any fellowship yeah, at any time that's awesome. and take people with me. So I'm, I'm just grateful for what my higher power, my God has done for me in this, in this walk. Well, this has been a great opportunity. Thank you so much for your time. I'm, I'm really enjoying becoming your friend, not only your brother in recovery, but you and I are becoming personal friends. And uh, for that, I am so grateful. And again, it's what the fellowship brings, right? Uh, I love on page 17 of the big book where it says, we're like the passengers of a great liner when moment after rescue from camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. But unlike the feeling of the ship's passengers, however, our joint escape disaster does not subside as we go our own individual ways right? It talks about sharing in a common peril. I memorized that entire page because it affects me so much because I don't know to what degree I was alcoholic and drug addict and everything else, but I know how fellowship starved I was. And so thank you so much for helping fill that gap between me being lonely and me being fulfilled. Well, I'm honored, Robert. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. And thank you so much for joining Recovery Guy podcast. And we will chat with you later.